This is Melissa Golden with Freedom in Numbers. This will be a special edition. I'd like to cover a topic very, very close to my heart, and that's mental health. Not just in Oklahoma, but across the country. Uh, mental health and, and caring for those most in need has been a, an issue very close to my heart for a number of years. My dad and I have supported 22 Kill for the last several years. They're a suicide prevention organization specifically aimed at veterans. Um, I've got my friend Jacob today with me. He works in the mental health field in the state of Oklahoma. Uh, he and I are going to go through a report published by the Healthy Minds Policy Initiative in Tulsa, Oklahoma. They've released a report um, projecting that the second wave of COVID-19 will be a mental health crisis. They've got some topics here that I'd, I'd really like to highlight. Uh, I, I really, really think that this is something that we need to be talking about more. This needs to be the forefront of everybody's mind. As we've said in the news over and over, we've got a long road to go with COVID-19. So Jacob's here. He's going to share a little bit of this report. Uh, we're going to look at some facts and some figures and hopefully give everybody some good talking points to jump off of. So Jacob, what do you have for us? All right. Well, thanks for having me, Mel, today. So this report, I'm going to share or we're going to talk about four key findings that the report um, created. And it's based on historical natural disaster evidence and mental health effects of economic downturns and estimates the impacts over the next 12 months. And one of their first findings um, uh, stated that suicide ideation and attempts will increase substantially. An estimated 92,000 more Oklahomans may experience suicidal thoughts and 18,400 may attempt suicide. 18,000 attempted suicides in a, in a 12-month period is pretty substantial, right? Yes. Yes, it is. But like I said, it's, it's based on events that have happened before. And, and unfortunately, this is an event that is unprecedented. unprecedented. It's not like anything else that's happened. And so it's, it feels very likely that these numbers could happen. And, and in times of economic uncertainty, when people are losing their jobs or they might have had, you know, it's not even people who, you know, may have lost their jobs and they're kind of going through that turmoil now, but in the mental health field, we're seeing people who, you know, at the beginning of this crisis thought, okay, I'm fine. Like I'm very secure in my job. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be fine. I'll make through it this. through this. Yes. Yeah, so I'm going to make it through this. Everything's going to be okay. They went in optimistic. Yes. Um, but then you see some of these major companies or organizations or local businesses that you thought were were solid, like that they were not going to be affected by this. Right. But you're seeing people who are being furloughed, like 50% furloughed or 100% furloughed. So these people... We covered who, the unexpected hospital <clears throat> furloughs last week yes, on the podcast. Yes. So you're these people who thought that they were fine are now realizing that I don't have a job. I'm, I'm getting paid only half of what I was originally being paid and I might have been the major provider in my family. And so whenever people who, who've never experienced any kind of, or may not have experienced this kind of hardship, major hardship. It's, it's really hard because they, they, they haven't learned how to deal or cope with a situation like that. So it and does affect all of us. It affects yes. not just the mental ill. It, it yes. affects every single one of us. Potentially. Yes, people who never you never thought could be affected by a situation like this are being affected. And, and, and in times like that, where people are going through 
things they've never gone before. You know, they they think about things that they've never thought. You know, they go to dark, darker places. Darker places. Um, I read an article uh, from 2013 from the New York Times, and it said in 2009 the worst worst year for the recession that suicides in the United States actually outnumbered car crash victims. Uh, which is, again, a pretty unprecedented statistic. Yeah. Um, so what else What else do we have? So one of the other findings from the Healthy Minds Policy Initiative was childhood mental health needs will increase substantially. For example, 30% of children involved in quarantines may experience post-traumatic stress disorder. So what does PTSD in children look like? Uh, so PTSD, um, it's... For a developing mind, you know, obviously a child can't deal with or mentally process or cope with things that an adult can. So going through a situation, they don't have the tools or the ability to, to, you know, think critically and, and think. One and one equals two. This is the cause. So, so, and this, and again, this is an unprecedented event. And so there's, there's kids who their lives they, you know, they were in school. They were happy with their friends. And about they were, to graduate and high they, school. And, now, and all they were worried about was what their favorite subject in school was. But now... Who their crush was. Yeah. They they had to make such drastic changes. They've been ripped out of so their they, lives. They've been ripped out of their normal lives. And many um, have been robbed of some of the greatest joys of yeah. being, you know, an American adult. We yeah, get to like do prom and yeah. graduation and go yeah. to college. I mean, think of the kids now that we're planning to start college in August and we don't even know if classes are going to be resumed. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've got kids who they may have a summer job plan, but their entire life is on hold as of right now. Yeah. And so, and so trauma for a child or trauma in general doesn't always look like what you think it is. Um, And so, so when we say that, you know, they might experience, you know, PTSD, just this event, just the event of being thrusted out of your normal circumstance and being told that, okay, this is how it's going to be. That That's a traumatic experience. Um, Complete upheaval of yeah. their routines yeah. and, and, and it, what and they can, know. And it, and it has ripple effects through the rest of a person's life. That's what trauma is. You know, um, doesn't end when the trauma, trauma ends. Yeah, trauma sticks with you. And, that, and that's why it's called post-traumatic yeah. stress disorder is because it's because um, you know, you experience this trauma, but then you experience things that trigger you back into that trauma that where you, you know, you, it might be months or years past the event, but something reminds you of that day, reminds you of that time, and it takes you back. And that's that's something our kids are going to have to to go through. They they're going to have to they're going to have to work through it. Yeah, they're going to have to work through it. So, what then is your agency? advocating for parents to do in order to kind of help their kids through this time. Yes. Yeah, so, so there, there are things that parents can do to, to recognize that their kid is going through a stress or some hard times right now. And the one thing, um, that, you know, mental health agencies across Oklahoma, I believe would suggest is to just talk with your kids. You know, if you have a young child and, or even a teenager living at home, um, and you can tell that they might be stressed out or they might be moody or <laughs> or or not themselves right now or poor sleeping and eating habits yes yes it, it, stress can ex- represent can, can present in so many different ways and so 
So it, it should start with just a frank conversation. Just sit down with your children and say, what is, what's really going on here? Like, what is bothering you about this? And let them know that it's, it's okay to not be okay to give. We're all a little bothered at this point. Yes. Yes. Uh, just let them know it's okay to not be okay. And for you as their, their primary caregiver or provider or their source of And now their teacher security. and yeah. their everything Yeah, yeah. you're kind of their everything right now. You're literally their everything. Um, to, to, give the, to, say to, the, to give them the validation that it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to feel sad. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to, to be stressed out or not happy all the time. Um, tell them that it's okay to not feel that way. And, and I know that can be hard as a parent who you might be doing everything from home. You might be wearing all the hats, you know, you're, you you're yourself taking, may be yeah, having a hard time yeah, seeing you're the light care. You're taking care of the whole house. You're doing all, you know, you know, you might be a stay at home mom and you're not only now having to take care of a household, but you're having to, to homeschool your kids. Um, you know, it can be hard to put on a brave face and tell them that it's okay. Cause you might not be okay yourself. Um, but, but maybe sharing that with your kids to let them know that you're, you're in this together. Like it may not be a lot of fun right now for the <laughs> both of you, but that you're in it together. Um, and that's, that's a big thing that you can, can do to help your kids through this. And, 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 you know, it can be it's great advice. And then, you know, and like I said, it all starts with a conversation and being honest and open about your feelings with uh, being honest with yourself too. Yeah. It's important to be honest about your own feelings, but be honest, you know, tell your kids that they can be honest about it too. And, and, um, and, you know, maybe give them some extra responsibilities around the house. I think having them to where they can like have something that, that that's their own, like that the it's sense their of purpose. thing, give them a sense of purpose right now. Um, because maybe they, you know, maybe they did just, they didn't have anything like that before, or maybe, you know, they really didn't have the kind of responsibilities that you have. School and grades were their purpose. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. So, you know, maybe give them, assign them some extra chores or give them a project or something like that. Um, just to hopefully give them some sense of, you know, normalcy or security during this time. Absolutely. So what else do we have from the report? So uh, the third finding from the report said unemployment and financial stress will increase drug addiction. For example, more than 13,000 Oklahomans may develop substance use disorders. Which as we discussed, we've already had our struggles with substance abuse in the state of Oklahoma and across the nation. I mean, it's definitely not, uh, not a secret. Yes. The, the opioid pandemic that, and it hit Oklahoma hard. It It definitely hit us really hard. Yeah. Well, and I tell you what, that, you know, we don't have statistics on on drug issues through the, the crisis, but I'm sure many of you have seen the headlines regarding alcohol sales across the United States. An increase of 58 percent in uh, in-person alcohol sales, an increase of 243 percent in online sales of alcohol across the United States. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of that may be, you know, normal ish you know i've heard reports of people making hand sanitizer out of everclear uh so some of it can be accounted for that but i think a lot of it can be accounted for too by you know those people that may have normally been going out and being social and having some drinks with friends uh those folks are now cooped up in the house with with a bottle of wine or a bottle of tequila uh and and that can pose some serious mental 
and and substance abuse issues as well. Yeah. And I I didn't think I was going to bring this up, but I I saw this. It was a video on Facebook, and it was this guy jogging through his neighborhood. And he was making a joke of it, but he kept running by all these houses, um, running, and it was a garbage day or something like that. And he was running by all these houses that had cases sitting next to their dumpsters, and the cases, the milk crates or whatever they were, were just full of liquor bottles. Oh. Just empty liquor I've bottles. I've seen a few jokes and, about it as and, well. And he just was passing house by house, and he, you know, he thought it was pretty funny, but you got to think, like, what? We make a lot of jokes about booze. You, you make, you know, you, th- you think about, you know, the stay-at-home mom who's like, oh, I'm going to drink a glass of wine tonight. I always picture the glass yeah. where it's the bottle with yeah. the glass on top yeah. of it. Yeah, and, you know... You know, it's it's sort of, you know, that we kind of make a joke of it. But what if that stay-at-home mom who, you know, maybe drank a glass of wine to end the day starts drinking a glass to start her morning. By midday, she's through a bottle. By the end of the day, she's through three bottles and she's... When you're home and yeah. you don't have a schedule and yeah. you don't have the responsibilities that you used to have, yeah. I think it can pretty quickly and easily become a, yeah. a slippery slope between... Because we don't have a normal right now. Yeah. So so there is no normal alcohol consumption. There is no normal grocery shopping. Yeah. There is no normal anything. Yeah, that's that's the thing is, and another thing I was going to mention is that, you know, for people who might live by themselves, who live alone. It's incredibly dangerous. They, you know, you know, they might start drinking heavily, but they don't have anyone to slow them down to be like, Check hey, on them. hey, like, whoa, you need a dial it back here like for those people who may be living in isolation and that's a whole other conversation is how there's so many people who are so isolated right now and that's and that's another thing that's going to contribute to substance use and mental health is when people feel like they're living in isolation and you know they don't feel like they have the support that's when it can get really dark and really harrowing for some people i always Um, think about especially now all those people that may be part of you know, anonymous type organizations that are used to having that group of accountability. And, you know, through the course of their addiction, they may have alienated all of their family. And that that group was the only thing that they had to keep them accountable and keep them motivated and keep them excited about sobriety. And and now those groups, although virtual, are, are without a doubt not not available in the same capacity that they were. Yeah, and, and fortunately, there are a lot of mental health agencies across Oklahoma that um, have had some resources and some systems in place to where... And some successes. And some successes in transitioning, you know, real in-person groups to a virtual setting to, you know, there's so many, there's tons of groups across Oklahoma right now that are meeting in Zoom meetings or meeting in GoTo meetings, which is another streaming platform, you know, trying to come up with these resources with the the situation that we have at hand doing their best to serve doing, you know, doing our best to still serve these populations who are in recovery or have been in long-term recovery. But, you know, we are worried about the potential for the the potential, the potential for even people who were like solid in the recovery, who have been sober for years and years and years, but there's always that risk, but they, but some of these people might be living alone and they might be, and they might not be able to, because, uh, you know, there are some groups, you know, some support groups that, 
you know, maybe don't have the, the kind of resources the to be able to the, the technology and the, or yeah. And the, and the money to be able to, to transition their group into an online setting. And then you also got to think about the, the demographics of some of these groups is that there could be people in, you know, in the older generations in their sixties or seventies who, who they might they may have, have lots of good recovery, but they don't have as many tech skills. Yeah. The or they, they might have a smartphone, but they might not have the savvy enough to know how to get on a zoom call. A or they may, or they may not even, they, or they may not even have a smartphone or they, or they may not have a, a computer with a webcam. Um, you know, you can still like call in to some of these meetings, but they're, it's there's the, challenges involved there's, that and you and I and, don't think but about. the dynamic of talking to someone on the phone versus seeing someone in real life and being able to connect with them with nothing in between you it's just air in between you and you're connecting and you're sharing sometimes your story. you just need a hug yeah sometimes you just you just and that's why support groups are so successful is because that's what it is you get you're getting support from people who have gone through what you're you're going through and just to to not be able to have those people close to you, next to you, when you might be going through the hardest, the hardest time, time in your life. life. You know, we, you know, as mental health agencies, we do worry that some people might relapse or fall out of recovery. Um, you know, and we're, we're trying to come up with solutions to that. But it's it's a real possibility that that might that You might can't be reach everybody, yeah. Yeah. unfortunately. We've got one more, one more point on... The Healthy Minds Policy Institute report, and that is hundreds of Oklahomans may die from mental health issues. And along uh, with that statistic, they projected that 374 deaths will occur from suicide and drug overdoses due to economic hardship. Now, that doesn't sound like a lot necessarily. Uh, We've got over 3 million people in the state of Oklahoma. But I did some looking up on statistics from 2019. So just in the state of Oklahoma, we had 775 suicides and 803 drug deaths in the year of 2019. So if we add an additional 374 to those numbers, that actually adds up to almost a 25% increase in deaths of despair. Yeah. So even though 374, and and personally, I think, depending upon how long this thing goes and how strapped we get for cash, that, that could very sadly be a low estimate. Yeah, it's, it's not easy to think about that. It's not easy to think about. But it's something that needs to be discussed. Yes, this is something yeah. that needs to be brought up. Every time that we bring up where... Trump and Fauci are fighting and every time that we bring up the horrible hit that the cruise lines are taking we're not touching on these facts we're not touching on these issues and and bigger than the coronavirus deaths and bigger than all of this because this truly does affect every single one of us and and you're you're totally right in saying that for for people who are going through mental health issues or substance use issues or might be contemplating suicide their issue is is bigger than coronavirus their issue is much bigger than their issue is in their house yes and and it's for for people who get to that place where they might be contemplating ending their life it's it's hard to know 
or understand where their mind might be. But but I, I think you can make a guess that in those times that those people feel like they're alone, that it's just them, that they're helpless and that and hopeless and that no one is there to help them or no one wants to help them. But, you know, for people who are going through that, and if you're listening and you are having those sort of thoughts, you know, we want you to know that you're not alone, that there are resources and that there are people out there who are there for you, who want to help you. Um, and some of the resources that we have here in Oklahoma, and um, I'm going to list some of the, the hotlines here that we like to share with everyone. And, and I'll share these resources yeah. on the Freedom in Numbers Instagram and Facebook pages as well, yeah. the phone numbers for each of the uh, the help hotlines that we mentioned. Yeah. And these, these are listed on the Oklahoma Department of Mental Health and Substance Abuse Services website. And any of your states outside of Oklahoma will have similar yeah. resources on their pages. Yeah. And so, so the big one, the Suicide Prevention Hotline, which is 1-800-273-8255. That's, that's a national uh, prevention hotline. So that's, that's a resource that we, we want to share with everyone and Feel free to share that with with your friends or family. Um, here in Oklahoma, we have another hotline. It's called Heartline Two One One, and that's specific to Oklahoma. Yeah, that is specific to Oklahoma, and it's not just a mental health hotline, but it's it's also a place where you can call if you're having trouble, um, you know, paying for food or rent or other resources. The Heartline Two One One is basically it's like it's like an operator, and they're going to connect you with. You, you tell them what your problem is and they're going to try their best to help you connect, connect you to the resources that you need to whatever problem that you have. Coming from somebody who's really bad at asking for help when I need help, yeah. this, is, this is not a time in human history for pride. This is not a time in human history for shame. If I could shame all the shamers right now, this is me shaming all the shamers. This is not a time for shame. This is not a time for pride. Mm -hmm. This is a time for taking care of each other. We have nothing right now but each other. It may not feel like it because we're separated and we're mm -hmm. in, you know, we're in our homes and we're locked away from those people that we love. Uh, but we we really are in this together. And I want to share one more one more statistic, and that is that that veterans in the United States are one and a half times more likely to commit suicide on any given day, let alone in a national crisis. Uh, so in addition to those hotlines, I'd like to urge anybody who is active or may have been active military and is having issues to reach out to 22Kill. They're a phenomenal organization. They provide mental health as well as suicide prevention uh, options for everybody. Uh, like I said, this has been uh, a special special edition of Freedom in Numbers. Jacob, thank you so much for sharing what you've shared with us. Please, 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 if you are having any issues, even if you just need somebody to talk to, I guarantee the folks at the Suicide Prevention Line and anybody in any of these helping facilities is glad to even just talk, even if you don't want a, a formal meeting if you just need somebody to talk to please reach out uh thanks for being a part of this 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 does affect you you are involved we're all involved